We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle have won again, this time 2-0 at already relegated Fulham on the final day of the season to give us a majestic 12th place finish in the Premier League, 17 points clear of Fulham in the relegation zone. And it has been one hell of a turnaround since, well, the, the pretty much the whole part of the season, January to March, was horrific. But since then, and since the defeat in Brighton in particular, uh, I just read there on Twitter from a tweet from Mark Douglas that uh, only five teams in the league have picked up more points than Newcastle, which is quite the turnaround so Newcastle have won again, the relegated sides of the Premier League, put to the sword by us at the end of the season. And Si, I'll start with you. 12th place, 45 points. Steve Bruce can probably hold his head up fairly high. What do you think? Well, he will. In his head, it's like the best it could ever have been. And it's as, as good as we should be. Um, obviously, for us, it's it's not quite that simple. I mean, yes, he will hold his head high, to be fair. For someone who was a dead man walking as far as any of us were concerned after that Brighton game we literally thought he's just got to go and there's no way that any manager comes back from that and somehow he has so yes he'll his head will be high he'll he'll be enjoying this and he'll be almost certainly referencing the the 45 points and the fact that it's matched Benitez's season two years ago I saw a good tweet from uh Steve Warwick just there like Hundred million pound in two years um, to get back to where we were, to, just to get back where I started. Um, yeah, it's not it's not progress. It's just we've done it again. We've survived, and to Bruce, that's enough. I, I think he genuinely thought he was probably very worried that he wasn't even going to do that. And the fact that he has, you'd be pleased with that. Some of those players would be pleased that they've turned it around because I bet a lot of them were also very terrified of of where the season was going and. For that, we've got to kind of hold our hands up because we all thought it was over. We thought relegation was happening. And to be fair, watching Fulham today, what were we... What were we scared? How did we ever think they were catching us? And I know at one point they got it within three points and we were just didn't look like winning again. But still, like they, they were rubbish. We're so much better than Fulham and so much better than Sheffield United. If there's one thing that the last two games have shown that we haven't played particularly well either today or on Wednesday, and yet we've just kind of won easily against these these sides. Like we should never have been in a relegation battle. And I don't know what that means. I don't know I don't know if that means that this is still a massive underachievement or if actually we've just got to kind of hold our hands up and say, right, twelfth, with some injuries, he gets another go. I don't know how to how to feel anymore. Well we're we're gonna do a full end of season podcast later in or next week, where we'll probably 
get into these questions a little bit deeper. We can talk a bit about it now. Ben, what I want to ask you is, this game is probably a perfect example. I couldn't tell you what Newcastle are good at. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what they're good at. But we've won again. We've won away from home again. We've kept another clean sheet. The last... In fact, who did we, who did we play before Leicester? It was Arsenal, wasn't it? Um, oh God, I'm not sure. The game's come so quickly these days. But anyway... You know, you've got that West Ham performance in there. You've got Leicester, definitely. You've got the good kind of last 20 minutes at Liverpool. We've won two games now without really looking like we're going to concede a goal. How are there only 11 teams better than Newcastle in the whole of England? How has it, how has it happened and what are we actually good at? It's, it is mental, isn't it? I mean, it's it's hard to put your finger on it. Like, as you say, it's, there's, it's not... Clear, clear and obvious plan. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look like really much has changed in terms of what they're asking the players to do from the horrific run we're on. I, the the difference is we've got the, the players back fit um, that that we needed. So obviously Maximan coming back in has completely turned our season around because we've actually got an attacking threat now. We've got a player that can that teams worry about that he can carry the ball from anywhere and, and beat any number of players and and carry a threat which we, we just didn't have when he wasn't in the team. Almiron's good at certain things, but that's he, he doesn't have that ability. Um, obviously, when you're playing like Joe Linton, kind of up, up front with Richie, I mean, do you remember? With the, the, I can't remember the game, but where, where Richie and, uh, and Joe Linton played as split strikers. Um, and, and I, I think it was a, one, one of the defeats sort of around Christmas, but it's just, it's just so far from that. Um, so I suppose the point is, is Bruce will have always said just stay in games and just don't lose your head and, and stay around and it's just about sort of taking your chances really and being being clinical and you've you've got to give them credit that they have been like as you say we've won this game comfortably at day two nil and as I said how like Fulham didn't get anywhere near I mean they've missed two glorious chances like that game could have easily been two each but. The matter of the fact is, we've we've won it comfortably two 0 without really getting. It didn't look like Newcastle got out of first gear. Um, I mean, what do we do well? I think defensively we look we do look a bit more solid. I, I think um, Fernandez has been class for this season. Like it, he's a mainstay in the team, um, and has has had to had to be like obviously especially with all the injuries we've had and obviously Lascelles and and Clark's sort of injury issues and, and Shaw and. And all the rest of them, like Fernandez, has been a huge sort of common influence within that team. I think Dubravka's growing as as he's come back in into the team and kind of his form's improved and and has has definitely helped settle. I mean, when you think about we've we've played a back three here of Kraft, Fernandez, and Dummett, like you wouldn't say that's anywhere nearing uh, Newcastle's uh, sort of best best back three yet. They've they've done a job today. Obviously, Kraft struggled a little bit, but. Um, they've, they've been solid enough and then I think the emergence of Richie coming back into the team um, and Murphy in on the right has kind of given us a bit of an outlet on the on the sort of the wire rings and it's, it's actually made I know we were all really critical of that back five but actually with Murphy and Richie in that back five as the sort of pushing attacking wing backs at least they can carry the ball out and, and provide a bit of, of sort of um, a bit of respite, I guess, to, to allow us to get up the pitch because Murphy can carry the ball. Richie's got great delivery on him. Um and it just it just alleviates a bit of the pressure. Whereas when you had Kraft and and um Jamal Lewis playing in those roles, you just didn't get that that sort of respite. 
Yeah, I agree with that. He's found a back five that works. And he's found a formation that, that reasonably well works. I mean, again, I agree with you, Doddy. I don't really know what what we excelled at today that made that game look so comfortable. Cause, and you're right, Ben. A, a better, uh, I think today and Wednesday, better sides beat us. We, 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 they were two really bad, already relegated, devoid of confidence teams. And Fulham in particular there, they, they had far more chances than than they probably should have had and just had zero quality. So another team at 1-0 probably finds Nick Weiser and we don't win the game and then we don't finish 12. You know, it's fine margins this season, but um, I think the last two, three, three or four games really have felt like absolute exhibition matches. Dead rubbers. Even the Man City game, like they just put out a gag team. Well, not a gag team, obviously still much, much better than our team, but loads of players who'd barely kicked a ball all season. Um, and it, it played out like a friendly, just like a high score and kind of non-structured game of football and then these two last ones have been just two teams that just look like they're, they're done ready for a break and uh Fulham didn't just just didn't look like anything they, they were just so poor today so I think what we've found Bruce to be quite good at is just getting the job done against the the rubbish teams that that's all he can do we don't get many points off top half teams we get we, we, we you know we've beat we've beat Fulham we've got four points off Fulham Six points off Sheffield, no, three, three off Sheffield, but um, four six points off West Brom. Four, four um, Burnley. You know the teams down there. We've we've done jobs against them, uh, and got got the points we needed for the season. It just there's been nothing else this season to get excited about, which is why I mean you'll you'll know my views on it all. But it, it, it does. It's not an achievement. We haven't achieved anything this season apart from embarrassing ourselves in the FA Cup, uh, the the League Cup quarter final, and just. 12th doesn't feel like it does does what we've been through this year just as it's really strange but um yeah I don't want to see Bruce coming out and, and talking and talking up the job he's done or anyone else for that matter talking up the job he's done it's par absolute par which I thought wasn't even achievable but it's it's nothing really has been achieved this season and these last two games against relegated sides where we've just scraped six points to to finish the season reasonably reasonably respectably doesn't really change anything for me in terms of what we are as a club and where where it might be going we said before these last three games that Newcastle had to turn in some really good performances and look like like it was going in a particular direction and it's weird to be able to say I don't think we've done that when we've won two of the games so maybe I'm being harsh but I'm just not convinced that come August Newcastle will be any different to what we were the last two years yeah, and I do want to get back onto the game, but I think you're right. Come August, you know, well done, Newcastle. Well done, Steve Bruce. Well done, the players. Great end of the season. It looked like disaster. As it turns out, even though we did manage to, um, you know, turn the performances to an extent, definitely the results found wouldn't have mattered. Fulham, I think, I think this season is the lowest ever points you would have needed in Premier League history to survive. It's just been a weird season. I think it's been a dreadful season as a fan. It's been a weird season. Results, the lack of home advantage for all teams nearly. Um, the fact that the three teams at the bottom have been so far below the rest of the league. The fact that so many teams have been much of a muchness. And, you know, you mentioned their side about um, beating the, these last two teams without really putting in performances. Again, you know, Fulham dominated possession today. Fulham created probably more chances than us. But we've, we've won the game comfortably. I don't think any of the uh, questions about Newcastle United as a side long term have been answered in the last few weeks. Or, you know, will there be 
any more season ticket holders in James's Park next season because of the, the good end of the season. I can't say it myself. However, like you say, the, I think I think the season has achieved the minimum. We're, we're, we're treading water. We're standing still. One thing I'll say for Steve Bruce, and I, you know, it's easy to forget this. He works for a bloke who doesn't want to be his boss anymore. He works for a bloke who doesn't want anything to do with the footwork anymore. He works for a bloke who, if he wins his legal cases against the Premier League, um, will happily pass on his company to someone who will sack him. And that that has got to be a fairly destabilising situation. But it is what it is. Like, you know, he's known that for a long time. He should have known what he was getting into bed with in terms of Newcastle United. The Honestly, and I, I don't mean to... Um, reduce Steve or his coach's ability here but you could argue Joe Willock one of the most important signings in Newcastle history in terms of recent history anyway in terms of his impact because if he doesn't score these seven goals no one else scoring them Sean Longstaff's not scoring them Jeff Henrik's not scoring them John Jones scoring them like and then and then then you threw the midfielders so to talk about him for a second I mean seven seven goals in seven games in a row for Newcastle um, remarkable. I, I don't know if he if if he equaled Alan Shearer's record today. Has he potentially? Is is he is it one one more to equal it? But that in itself, I mean, and it's that you know what what's Willock had today one shot, one shot and one goal. It's that kind of quality and that kind of ruthlessness. That's just it's it's not us. Do you know what I mean? That you saw Dwight Gale in the second half comes on. We, we mean we haven't even talked about the fact we don't even play a striker today, which is bizarre. <laughs> But we've won the game 2-0 and that seems to be the way things are going at the minute. But I just think Willock's just so important to the team that if, if we are to start next season without him in the team, even if you go away and spend 15, 80 million quid on a, another central midfielder, there's, there's almost this kind of expectation that Willock, even if he doesn't score, will make something happen. And eight goals in a loan spell, it's got to be one of the best decisions to loan a player or even bring in a player for another club in the January transfer window in Premier League history. Like I don't even have the, any comparisons really. Papis Cisse, but he was a striker, so he's supposed to score goals. Joe Willock's come in with a team that doesn't really have any shots, doesn't have any of the ball, and has scored seven goals in seven games. It's just, I have no words. I'll go to Ben. He, he was kind of perfect for that sort of spearhead of the the midfielder that, that kind of Bruce is looking out for. And obviously, I mean, we were all calling that Almond should have been playing that role for a lot of the season. Um, but but Willocks, or Willock as, as it's pronounced, um, is the one that's kind of come in and shown. I think he's just, you can tell he's just a quality player. He's composed when he gets these opportunities and he's, he's taken the goals... Um, ridiculously well and as you say he's just been clinical and that's I suppose that's where you would say Almiron isn't he's not he's not assured when he gets into those goal scoring chances he, that's kind of his main sort of weakness I would say is, is his lack of productivity in terms of the goals output whereas Willock's unbelievable just every chance he's had he's, he's taken and as as you say that's been huge I mean part of it I suppose is a bit of fortune in that he wasn't even starting like he was coming off the bench late in games and grabbing these goals I mean that Spurs one obviously was was a huge goal to score um, but he's he's fought his way in and, and I suppose credit to Bruce has, has brought him in and, and and kind of found a role for him that's that's worked and it's carried on and as you say it's just I mean his goal today he's, he, he runs from very deep positions carries the ball don't know what Fulham are doing, just let them go on and on. 
Um, but as you say, get into that danger zone and, and and scores, and we've just we've not had anybody like that. And as you say, he's, that's why he's so important to Newcastle's because we do not have another midfielder in the team. They're all pretty defensive players. Like the rest of the midfield in Newcastle are all defensive minded players, and as a result of that, we often find ourselves pinned back deep without any sort of outlets. And I suppose again, the, to to the point I was making about Richie and Murphy being outlets, you've also got a midfield that'll get beyond the ball and and give us another presence up top to try and support. So, yeah, he's he's a huge, huge part. And if if he doesn't come and he doesn't want to come back or or Arsenal won't let him, that's got to be kind of Bruce's one of his main targets this summer is find somebody that can come in and and replicate that. Because if we don't have that, I, again, you're going back to the team we were before March where where the goal's going to come from. Yeah, I mean, before Willock arrived, we bemoaned the just lack of mobility in the midfield. And that was, to be fair, Shelby and Hendrick was just so terrible to watch for, for such large parts of the season. And it, it kind of... It, it's it, This has made me reflect on Isaac Hayden, who we've all you know raved about for, for, for several years, but he is a limited player. He's got the engine and the, the um, athleticism of Willock without really offering anything to us going forward, and that's that stifled us so much is that Hayden does all the running for Shelby and sometimes Hendrick, but he doesn't offer us what, what Willock has. Who is, he's got the same engine, but such such a threat. I mean, today, for his goal... He runs 50 yards and Fulham just look terrified of him. No one wants to go near him. And then when they do go to tackle him, they just bollocks it up and it just drops back for him. Like That doesn't happen against a player that you're comfortable playing against. That sort of thing happens when they're nervous and they're not sure what to do about him. And that's just that shows you what you've got in him. I would compare him to Genie Wijnaldum um, from the, the Steve McLaren season in terms of a midfielder who just basically is without him in the team we would have had literally zero attacking threat or at least it would have felt like that for for large parts of the season I mean obviously Wilson found some form again but without him these last two games it's been Willock's been our only outlet and our only real the only player that looked like scoring um, so yes it's it's a massive massive signing just for this season but it would be an even bigger one to, to get him to stay or to, to get him back next year um, it's very hard to see it happening because of how good he's been now and he will not be short of offers and I've, I've said it loads of times now What what's in it for him to spend another year at Steve Bruce in Newcastle I just don't see what, what he gets out of that um, but you, you just never know football is um, football is strange and uh, one local journalist seems very confident it'll happen and that Bruce should be given all the uh, the praise for 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 this deal and for the loan itself, apparently it was it was heavily pushed by Bruce. No one else says that, but no, no. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose we can believe him. Uh, you've, you've you've got to give credit where it's due. Listen, I, I think Newcastle are still a relatively poor side. Like I said, I don't really know what we're good at. I think the season's been mostly dreadful. I think the teams we've finished above have been mostly dreadful. I think next season you'll see a bit of a reset, playing in front of fans again. You know, look at look at look at look at a club like Wolves, and I'm not suggesting Newcastle do the same thing. Newcastle have just finished above Wolves. Wolves' response is, "We're going to sort a manager." And I'm not, and I'm not saying that was the right thing to do. I don't know enough about Wolves, but I know they're not they're not sat in. Um, well, they're definitely not sat in uh, St James's Park because they're Wolves, but they're not sat there. That you know, pat themselves in the back for 45 points in 12th place. Like I get the feeling, like I have the suspicion that the people who are in Newcastle are. Um, what I'll say about Willock though quickly is. The fact that he even picks the ball up, he picks the ball up there in his own half with, with two Fulham players random and he thinks I'm going to run at Fulham's goal. One of you's just said it. The rest of the the, the rest of the squad almost, apart from Anderson Maximan and Callum Wilson, check back, 
possible backwards, possible sideways, get rid of it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and you've already started to see that with one of Willock's interviews, he's talking about, we don't want to be near the bottom, we don't want to be fighting relegation. Alan St. Maximin has said it publicly, then followed up on social media. We don't want to be fighting relegation. We need to sign Joe Willock. I think there's an acceptance from the players there that this season hasn't been good enough. Do you know what I mean? There's an, there's an acceptance there. And this, this is going to be the great debate probably over the summer. There'll be a lot of people who feel uh, vindicated with the, the backing of the manager. There's some people who feel that, well, you know, this is nothing to celebrate. It's still below, you know, the expectation of the season was to have a proper cup run, have a go at the Cups and finish in the top 10. We didn't come close to either of those things. I discount the run in the the Carling Cup, whatever it's called these days, because we played lower league opposition and, and were very bad in quite a few of those games as well. Um, but but what but what you will see is is you will find out a lot about Steve Bruce's future and about Newcastle United in the attempts to sign Willock because it's one thing to just hire bidding and say oh they turn it down. That's not that's not that's not genuinely properly trying to sign the player and convince the player. I mean, just because you get a bid accepted from Arsenal, which is far from guaranteed, convincing the player to move is a totally different story. Do you break your wage structure? Do you pay more than Anderson Maximan, which he probably will want to be paid? You know, is he on twice as much money as someone, you know, whoever else to bring in? These are all difficult questions, as well as the the players who are out of contract and some of the fact that Newcastle have... The fact that Newcastle have started a game today in the Premier League without a striker again, it's not, it's not a good thing. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? I'll go to Sai first, Ben, because he put the hand up. Yeah, that is a worry, and it also reminds you that we've got some money to spend elsewhere, which is a problem. With with Willick basically being probably our whole transfer budget needs to be hoided him to to get him. Um, I I don't want, I wanted to speak about what you said about um the exactly Willick and Maximan and other players' attitude towards the season they've had, and I agree that they come across as players who know that this was poor for by their standards, and that kind of. It puts to bed any idea that this Newcastle squad isn't capable of betting, that this whole idea that they're a bottom-half team. I think there's enough players in there that think of themselves as top-half players and believe that this this wasn't good enough and that they can do better and that if Newcastle aren't going to going to do any better than this, then they'll all see their future away from Newcastle, and that includes Willock. So you're right, it's not just about the the wage side of things, and he will. Obviously, a young English player with, with the potential he's got and the season he's just had, he can... Pretty much, that put you know, they should be putting a blank check in front of him. He can put any number down he wants, and that is difficult because we can't do that. But I think it's just as important to sell some sort of ambition to him. Like, right, if you if you come to Newcastle, we're really going to look to to build a team around you and try and push into that top that top eight, that top half the table, and look to get win some trophies or at least have a good go. If you sell to him, well, yeah, we're just going to look to consolidate and see if we can get forty six points next season. Then what the hell is he? Why does he want to come? And more importantly, why does the likes of Maximan want to stay? Like, he's he's in high stock because of the the half season he's had. So, if his agent starts getting wind of offers from clubs who actually do stuff, what, what what's keeping him here? So it's it's very important that not just the uh, the finances are looked at, but they need to look at right what are we trying to aim and what are we selling to our players to keep this squad together because there is a good squad there and Bruce is lucky to have that and if he doesn't find a way to to offer these players a reason to stick around it's just going to fall apart and will the the inevitable will eventually happen when he has to start buying rubbish players and cuz there won't always be a Max Man out there there won't always be a, a Willick available on loan there won't always be a Callum Wilson from a relegated team you know we've been quite fortunate with some of these players being available at the right time and that can't go on and and none of the above will stick around in Newcastle 
another year if this happens again. Just on a couple, a couple of points made there. I mean, the, the key thing that you're talking about there is the ambition. So we've got some ambitious players. Our, our best players are the ambitious ones. It's, it's interesting that they managed to sell enough of whatever the ambitions were to Wilson for him to choose to come to Newcastle. I'm sure there'd have been plenty of other... Yeah, there'll have been plenty of other Premier League sides that were in for him and they managed to sell whatever the vision was to him for him to come and sign. Likewise with Maximan, obviously kind of a bit more of an unknown quantity, but again, came over from France as, as, as a class player, so there must have been other teams that were aware of him and what he's done, and this probably isn't a massive surprise. Again, Willock has been at Arsenal for a number of years. Like They've kept him around long enough for a reason. They obviously rate him, and again, we managed to... to sell him enough of a story and the, the interesting thing is is that you, you, you're talking about sort of it's interesting that Willock's to us is a mainstay but again I come back to it he wasn't a shoe in for Bruce at a point in the yeah. season like and that's the little bit of a concern I have is that how did Bruce not see earlier that he is a must for this team and do you know what like you can look at it two ways I know we've all been very critical of Bruce so I'll give him a bit of credit in that eventually he's found all the right players in the right places and I've just given credit for Richie coming back in, playing on the left, has revolutionised the team. Um, finding Murphy to play in the right wing-back role has been huge and Willock's been the key, really, to turn turn things around and it's it's been mental at times when, as you say, we haven't played with a striker for a lot of games. Um, even when we've meant to have had a striker in, in Joe Linton, he's kind of not played as a, as a sort of vocal striker or traditional striker and it's it's been a really bizarre sort of system but you know what I mean and it didn't work for a long long time but he's found the pieces eventually to to work in this system so you've you've got to give him credit for that I think the interesting thing is is there's I mean obviously we all know the the big thing and he's he's talking about for next season and it the it again it comes back to what you said before Doddy about that he's working for an employer that doesn't really want to be here doesn't want him in and that's where the ambition has kind of plateaued because the owners of the club have no no ambition whatsoever and do you know what okay Bruce's remit was clearly just to keep us in the Premier League and and he obviously kind of got plucked out of sort of nowhere in, in, in the championship and got given this opportunity and was told that's your remit to do and you've got to give them credit that the, the, he's overachieved I know it's not what we want but he will have overachieved what they've done so the the club are going to be delighted what he's done, and do you know what the, the you can see from the players as well like the attitudes in the players has completely changed in this run, and obviously of course it does when you're playing well and you're winning games, the confidence is there, things are going to get better. But that group looked like it was falling apart. Obviously the whole fiasco with Darlow, obviously the the journalists sort of reporting things that were coming out of the club, sort of things getting out, like that's all been put to bed somehow. And again, you've got to give Bruce some credit. The thing with Richie, where he fell out with him, he's turned that around. And obviously they, they've got a working relationship now where that looked like that was, I mean, imagine he hadn't have sorted things out with Richie and Richie didn't come into this team and you don't get the goals, some, some of the goals that he's created and things. So he, he looks like at least he's kind of a strong enough character to realise he's got things wrong and, and he's put like any sort of personal vendettas or whatever aside and he's managed to repair some fractious relationships. So I'll give him a bit of credit for that. But yeah, the, the key is, is that, yeah, like really for Newcastle to do anything more than what we've done this season, we need that ambition throughout the whole club. And it, it starts with the owner. He needs to sell the club this summer. 
I don't care who it's to, really. Well, I do, obviously I do. But what I mean is, is that if if Ashley's still there next year, then it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't really matter what's happening because the the ambition's not going to be there from them. And we're talking about saying, "I'm giving a blank check to Willock." Then they're not going. We know they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. So we we can dream about it. And and his value's only going to have gone up in this run because he's been so good. Arsenal aren't going to give him away for cheap, are they? So it's the the problem is is that there's there's a lot of things that are outside of Steve Bruce's control, but like as much as it's like as you say it's it's weird thing the kind of you can't pinpoint exactly what we've improved in, but you have to say he's 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 done enough to to warrant like especially with this owner like they're going to give him another year there's there's no reason for them not to he's he's kind of turned things around and, and proved that he can keep a stable club and do you know what they and I know all the the sort of Pro Bruce people will point and say, again, he's he's matched what we've done for the last three years. It's been it's been unconventional in a completely different way, and we as fans don't particularly like it. But the reality 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 is is they've matched what they've done for the last four years. So, like, I mean, it just shows what does anybody know about football? It's mental. <laughs> yeah, um, no, all really good points there, and you know, would, would, I do want to talk a lot more in detail about this kind of stuff on the. Um, the end of season show we're going to do and, and we are keeping Patreon going throughout the summer we're going to have full review of the season transfer shows uh, looking ahead to next season as well we're going to cover the European Championships too so if you like the podcast that we do come and join with £5.50 a month for lots of extra podcasts but you know one and I've not heard Bruce speak after the match so maybe he's referenced this I don't know but one positive from today again and I, and I have to say I thought the opposition on Wednesday in the opposition today are not Premier League quality, not Premier League standard. So it's impossible to kind of learn things from that. However, I thought in both games, well, uh, Wednesday St. Maximan had a decent game because he creates the goal, basically. Today, I thought he was way off it again. Callum Wilson doesn't play today. Jamal Lascelles doesn't play in these games. Uh, Isaac Hayden doesn't play in these games. You know, there's four players there. For, if you, if you, you know, gratuitously grant me St. Maximan has been injured even though he played, but not having his usual performances. It's kind of proved that this team can grind out wins and win games without those four players in. That's the complete opposite of Bruce basically, you know, tossing off the season if he doesn't have his best players. So it's interesting from that perspective, but I don't know whether you lads want to say anything else, but I think we'll leave it for um, the kind of big postseason podcast we'll have coming out this week. It was a good win for Newcastle today, winning away from home in the Premier League. Doesn't matter who it's against. You know, we went to Fulham in twenty thirteen, I think, uh, when they were already relegated and got beat one 0 under Pardew. I think we've got to talk about the the pen and and the fact that Fabian Share out of nowhere comes up to to take the pen because none of us saw that coming. I mean, I said the only way this is possible is that the lads have had a, like a, a pen a pen comp in training and and the winner gets to take the penalty. But what a cool what a cool finish! Just ro- rolls it in or trickles it in, as the commentator said. Um, and yes, that goal literally is what puts us twelfth. By the way, because at one nil, um, Wolves were still above us on goal difference. So mad that that at that point we did not look like the team that were going to score the second goal in that game. I think Fulham had most of the ball. I mean, yeah, they were they were poor, really poor quality, but they had loads of the ball. And if they had anyone who could shoot properly or cross properly or do any kind of damage to us, they, they would have scored. But yeah, instead, Cher comes on. I don't know what position he was playing. He seemed to just have a free roll anywhere he wanted. Um, he was making <laughs> bombing runs forward for, for no good reason. And yeah, he gets, gets the pen. And I, I, I don't know, I think we were trying to work out as he, as he got his new contract yet. It hasn't been announced, but... 
it was almost like a send off, but I'm hoping he stays because he's he's a good player and um, is much better than Kraft. And if he's fit, he should surely be the the third of that back three. Um, it's hard to take Fernandez or Dummett out there at the minute, but um, yeah, if that's how we start next season defensively, you'd think that that is. <laughs> it sorts out half the problem for Bruce is that we were just leaking loads of goals earlier in the season. So if they can stay as our kind of mainstay defence, I mean, yeah, it's how, how do you fit Lascelles back in there? But I wouldn't at the minute because those players are better at football. And now that um, Shelby's such a good captain, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't think Lascelles is as important, but maybe maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know. The, the, the leadership at the back is always something we've worried about when Lascelles isn't available. But I think we've finally looked to have solved that problem because of the likes of Richie Dummett, the more senior players coming back in and giving that leadership some balance across the team, which was one of the other good things I could say about the recent turnaround. It's been a lot more down to kind of the character of the players um, that he's he's finally chosen to select at the same time. Yeah, and I think quickly on that back three, you know, I have serious, serious issues with a lot of Bruce's team selections and tactics this season. But what I hope he has learned, and I think that the selection of the last few games proves that, because Emil Kraft isn't one of Newcastle's three best centre-backs, even with um, Lascelles and Sean on the team. He's still not better than Kieran Clark. But what Bruce has learned is if Fernandes is going to play, he has to be in direct opposition with Jamal Lascelles for the middle of that back three. They can't play. Neither of them can play either side. He's got to play in the middle. It's got to be Paul Dummett or Kieran Clark on the left side, and it's going to have to be Kraft or Cher on the right side. I kind of feel like Bruce has accepted that now. And that's we haven't seen enough of that this season. You've seen players play numerous positions. You've seen, you know, Joe Linton played everywhere. Miguel Almiron, you know, social media's getting into Miguel Almiron a little bit. I still think I'll start criticizing um Almiron when I see him playing behind the striker in number 10 for four or five games, which just doesn't happen. Until that point, I'm not gonna have a go at the bloke for playing in centre midfield when he's just not a centre midfielder. Yes, his final ball's not good enough. Yes, he gives the ball away. He's not a fucking centre midfielder. He's in the team basically to do John Joe Shelby's pressing. Like in and, and, and press play. Like today, he started up front. Again, it's just like how do you get yourself in a position where one of your most expensive attacking players um, is is both played as a striker, a number ten, and a central midfielder in the same game? Like it just it just doesn't happen at other clubs. But here we are. Um, I think we'll leave it for today. Good win for Newcastle. Really positive, strong end of the season. Whether it's enough to take Newcastle on to anything other than treading water to be sold, uh, that's another question. But we'll, we'll leave that question maybe for. Patron over the summer and we're, we're post-match, post-match, post-season podcast that we'll bring out at uh, some point this week, Tuesday or Wednesday, not sure. Um, so lads, Ben, Sai, thanks for your time. Thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoy the win and uh, speak to you all through the week very soon. Cheers. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.